Hi, this is Sophie Haken, and this is my podcast, The Mopad, Made of Human Podcast. It's a podcast where I talk to people I respect about how they cope with life and with being humans, because that can all feel and seem a bit confusing and uh, horrifying at times. So today I'm talking to Jordan Raskopoulos. She is absolutely incredible. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say, but... First, I just quickly want to say that I am going on tour of the UK in October, November and December. So that's very, very soon. I will now tell you which uh, towns I will be in. I will mispronounce most of them. So here we go. I will be in Newport, Newcastle, Frome, Selby, Wrexham, Leamington Spa, Harlow, Crawley, Aberdeen, Elgin, Lincoln... Aylesbury, Bristol, Brighton, Sutton, Guildford, Maidenhead, and Oxford. I think that's it. I How many did I fuck up? Tell me, tweet me, at Sophie Hagen. Let me know how much I fucked that up. I'd love to see you there, because um, I'm not uh, famous. So you have to come, because you're probably one of the only people who know who I am. If you live in any of these these cities. So if you live in any of them, let me know and uh, and we'll figure it out and then get a ticket. And if you're the only one who shows up, I'll just, we'll just put on a movie. Have a good night. Let me know what you prefer, what snacks you prefer, and I'll bring them. So please come to that. That would be amazing. Uh, if you like this podcast, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Subscribe, leave a little comment. It means a lot for for the podcast. It'll go up in the ratings and... That that really helps. That helps us a lot. So thank you. Thank you for that. That's all I need. That's all I want. All I want in return is that. Now, Jordan Raskopoulos, uh, this chat is incredible. We talked mostly about her transitioning. So there's a lot of talk about uh, her being a, a trans person. But don't let that make you think that it's not relevant to you. It is. It's so relevant. Both because we need to listen. You know, we need to learn all this stuff that we have no fucking idea about but also it's it's about identity it's about finding out who you are it's about coming to terms with who you are it's about accepting who you are it's really about finding your place it's really beautiful she says some amazing incredible things it's about women it's about fear it's about smelling flowers ah She's incredible. This uh, whole chat opens with her making a joke that I don't get, which is just heartbreaking. But I'm so excited about her, but the things she says in the joke that I don't even, I don't register that it's a joke. So I behave like a knobhead and then she slams me. It's, it's a very embarrassing start to an episode, but uh, I'll leave that in. So you could can feel better about yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, without any more babbling, enjoy the episode. I've wanted to be best friends with you for years. <gasps> then tell me about the first time you decided to be my best friend. Um, no, I, I mean, I haven't wanted to be <laughs> your best friend. We did talk, like, on email and stuff when I... When I didn't come to the show when I was late to the show. I mean, that's that's a thing, right? <laughs> that's a thing. When I, I got the times mixed up to do uh, your other podcast and I didn't show up. And then I worked out my mistake, raced to the venue, got got into the venue and then saw as you were welcoming a, a, clearly a replacement guest <laughs> onto the stage. And I sort of just was like, what do I do? Do I go up and stand in front of the stage in front of the audience and wave? Or should I just... <laughs> slink away and I just I did that I, I slunk away after after speaking to front of house and saying oh I'm supposed to be on I'm supposed to be on I'm really late and then just sort of slinking slinking front back of house again and sending a very apologetic email well we uh you did do it in the end and it was very I good. did it was a lot of fun I'm very glad very I good. got the opportunity and uh we actually well I don't know if we can call it meet but we kind of met in Melbourne you had done the tv thing the ABC. Oh yeah, the like they were doing late night comedy stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were both in the backstage room, but I was like, and I think we said hello, 
That's and that's pretty much my interaction with most people yeah. that I haven't met before. Yeah, because that's what you told me when we when you did my the guilty feminist yeah. last week. Uh, you said to me afterwards that a lot of people mis- mistook you from being uh, rude. Yeah, because you're a bit introverted. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I'm all right on stage. I, I, I can perform, and I'm very confident. But just. Yeah, normal. Well, what I have discovered is quite normal for other people. Um, human interactions are very difficult for me, um, so I'm very shy. I don't start conversations, um, so a lot of people think I'm aloof uh, or rude. Um, and a lot of people think I'm quite like I command a room, like you know that I kind of walk. In, the people said, you know, I walk into the room and just own the room, and I'm like. I feel like I walk into a room and I'm just awkwardly standing there silently and they're like, yeah, but you don't approach anyone. You wait for people to approach you and you're commanding. You're like a queen walking into the room. And I'm like, oh God. And in my head, I'm just like, oh, will someone please talk to me? <laughs> do you think, do you, does that make you feel that way about, like when you see someone come into a room and you think they're commanding the room, do you think, oh, maybe they're just... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's been a couple of times where I've thought a few people are quite rude. And don't like me, and I mean, I think that all the time. But um, and then finding out mu- years later that we have exactly the same problem, and that we really, really get on, and we I've been I've met, you know missed out on good friends. I know. I mean, even here at this festival today is like my last day here, and um, Bethany Black, who's another trans woman, um, is, was doing a show, and I saw her show two weeks ago, and we got the same promoter, and I think. At the beginning of the festival, I'm like, oh, it'd be really nice to be friends with Bethany Black. And did nothing to achieve that. Didn't introduce myself, didn't do anything. And didn't even say to my promoter, hey, could you introduce us? You know, all the things that you would do if you wanted to meet someone who kind of shared, um, you know, a, a, a life um, experience, you know, that you, you've shared. And, you know, and then, of course, on the second last day of the festival, she tweeted me and I tweeted her back. And then we started chatting. And then I was like, oh, I could have had a bloody friend. <laughs> had a bloody nice friend that I could talk about my problems with who has got a lived experience that's quite similar and we could have talked about roller derby and all the things that we really like like I was sitting in her show and I'm like we have the same bloody haircut <laughs> that's the number one thing yeah and I'm like I've essentially turned up to this this show in cosplay um you know uh, and but we um and then I was like oh do you want to come to my show tonight you want to hang out maybe we can and she's like oh no I gotta drive home so ships in the night Got out of pal. I missed out. <laughs> do you think that'll? Do you think you'll get better and better at that, or do you think that'll just be your life? Uh, I am getting better. I am getting better. I think um, my gender dysphoria was a big part of that. I think when I wasn't, yeah, confident in my body and um, the way I move through space and all that kind of stuff that was sort of happening quite subconsciously. But I've kind of became aware of it now and. Yeah, I'm at the point now where I've I've been in transition for um, more than a year and a half, and um, yeah, I'm starting to like my body and I like who I am, and I think I'm kind of pretty. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I find I still find it hard to start conversations. Yeah. What What part of uh, of your gender dysphoria did you do you think made you a bit socially awkward? Was it? But did you know at this point? Um, it's hard to. I mean, I, I experienced the sensation of dysphoria from childhood. Um, but without someone else, without the experience of some, of not having gender dysphoria. And, um, I didn't know what it was. I just thought that was normal. I just figured, you know, all, all little boys want to be little girls most of the time. Um, and so, and there wasn't really a lot of media about it or anything that wasn't, um, you know, Jerry Springer. So, um, I learned to be ashamed of it really quickly and then, and then hit it down and, doing that repressing a core part of your identity does does some damage um and yeah so a lot of emotional repression and things like that so i don't think i was aware of the effects that my dysphoria was having and i didn't even know it was dysphoria um but it was it was having its effect and and in hindsight i'm like um you know i'm packing that and i'm like okay Yeah. So since you transitioning, are you just going to get better and better and interacting and you're going to barge into rooms and just go, hey guys, I want to have a conversation with all of you? Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. I still feel like, I still feel like no one likes me. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that's what I think, I find that's quite common amongst performers, right? I think, um, 
you know, I saw one on Facebook, uh, just wrote a message, and they're sort of early in their comedy career, and, and they were sort of going, you know, when is it going to get to the point where I feel like I've been successful? You know, I've got all these YouTube subscribers, and I, you know, really should be confident because, you know, I'm blah, 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 but I just feel like shit, and I'm like, you know what? It never goes away, and that's that's why that's why we become good performers, I think, because if we were ever satisfied, then we would just stick with it at that level, mm. you know? Um, and for me... Um, yeah, it's like I, I still think I'm a piece of garbage. Uh, <laughs> despite all the success that we've had um, with Access of Awesome and stuff, it's like, um, yeah, I'm still not the best. So <laughs> I can't stop yet until I'm the best. Because once I'm the best, then I will know um, that people like me. God, where are we going? No, I love this. this. No, this I can completely. No, I can. Compl- I can so relate. That's why I'm not going. Because I, I know the worst thing would be to go. No, 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 no. You're good enough. No, no, no. Don't yeah. say that because that's yeah. not what you want to hear. Is no. It? Um. Maybe it is what I want to hear. I don't Do know. You? Well, I, I don't think. No. Wouldn't you be annoyed if I said no? No, you're good enough now. Wouldn't you be like, no, I can be better. I know. Oh I yeah, can be I was better. just. I know you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely be better. Yeah. There, are, there are more tickets to sell, and there are bigger venues to play. Yeah. Um, and more subscribers to get. <laughs> subscribers yeah. to get yeah. I completely relate to that like th- that you know when people say no no you're good enough you go oh you think this is it yeah you think yeah, this yeah. is as good as I can get yeah. fuck you yeah. this isn't even my final form um, yeah. yeah where do you think that came from um, I think it's just a personality trait I think um, I don't know it was all, uh, very competitive in, in certain certain ways you know a lot of competition I would kind of like uh, whatever um, you know like athletic competition I don't really never needed to run the fastest or I need to hit the hardest though yeah yeah I played rugby wow um I played rugby since I was eight and I enjoyed being stronger than other people and colliding with people and and making them fall over <laughs> was that a therapeutic thing you think a little bit um maybe it was flagellation in some ways who knows um I don't know um yeah yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that's coming to that I'm coming to groups with, you know, through transition and stuff is that my body is a lot weaker, like my muscle density is oh, decreased really? from being on hormones and stuff like that. So oh shit. So I was, um, you know, went from being the one who was, you know, carrying two road cases um, when we were, were touring and stuff like that, and hefting heavy things upstairs, and now it's like, oh, can the boys help carry it? It's very heavy. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Because that's part of my like stubbornness. Is yeah, I really find it hard to ask for help and to take help. Yeah, um, I, I I definitely find it hard to ask for help and to t- and to take help. And and often, yeah, um, I will be struggling to carry something, and then and then one of the boys will like, "Do you want a hand?" I'm like, "Yeah," but at the same time, I'm like, "Hey, hey, look how weak my arms are. I'm totally a girl now. Look how weak. <laughs> look at my girl arms. <laughs> like when I wave them, there's flabby bits." <laughs> You want to see my cellulite? I got cellulite now. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's I know, amazing. right? Celebrate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It was. It's better than the alternative. The thing about not being like not wanting to ask for help, that will get you out of helping people move. Yeah. Because I help my friend move, uh, like just buy a lot of IKEA furniture and sure. move it into. It. And she was like, you know, we could just ask someone if they wanted. To. And I was like, no, we're not asking anyone. Oh yeah, we are carrying all of this up the stairs because we are independent women and we will not be helped by anyone. And at the end, she was just like, you know what? You just sit in the car and I'm going to ask people. <laughs> I couldn't get. I couldn't make myself go. Yeah. Hey, would you carry my stuff for yeah, me? Yeah, no, I can't. I mean, I moved house just before I came over here. I did it all by myself. Um, oh, that's not true. I had one friend who offered to help. And I was like, no, 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 no. And she was like, no, I'm helping, I'm helping. It means we can hang out, it'll be great. And she helped, but, you know, for one day and got the big stuff. But everything else I just did by myself. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like, yeah, starting any kind of conversation. Like, I love the fact I can order pizza on the internet now and not oh have to God. talk to anybody. Yeah. Right? Do you have Deliveroo? Yeah, we do, we do. We you do. could follow the little man on the map? Yep. And that's delivery. so much better because then you, you're not, for me at least, I get a bit anxious if right. I if I use like Just Eat. Yeah. I don't know if you also have that. Well, we've got like menu log, which is probably pretty similar. Oh, yeah. it might be the same thing. Yeah. But you don't know when they're going to be there. That's so true. for the next hour, you're just going, yeah. okay, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Where's my Where's he near? How much does it say? And then it rings the doorbell. You go, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah, I've got a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But when you can follow the little man on the little map, 
Yeah. And then they show up at your house, you go, oh, he's here now, and yeah. the doorbell rings. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was and you're prepared like, for right, that. He's going to struggle with the gate. I can hear. Yeah, yeah. there's the gate. There's the gate. He's going to call because he can't open the gate. Yeah. We've got a very sticky gate at my old house. Um, yeah, I like that. I also like um, when they brought in, like, uh, checkouts that you do yourself at the supermarket. Oh, yes. And, I mean, as someone who was a closet, closeted transgender person, like, buying girls' clothes, it was very, that was very... Right. Um, nerve-wracking and not something I would ever do with a with a cashier wow um and then they brought those things and I'm like oh yeah I could risk this you know prior to this I've just been ordering girls clothes on the internet and having them shipped to another address um and then I remember I remember like very oh it's it's so nerve-wracking you just think that everybody's watching you it was so so ridiculous like no one cares no one gives a shit I've, I've learned like um but but at the time very nerve-wracking and I remember going through the automatic checkout like all right I think it's done and then a cashier, like a person came over and would like picked up all my items and then like took off the security tags. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, but nothing happened. No, no one cares. No. Even if they, even though they work out, no one cares about what other people are doing with their lives. And that's kind of the thing that each, each little step of transition was really, really nerve wracking. But then on the other side, I'm like, oh, no one cares about that either. Oh, no one cares about that. Huh? Oh, no one even cares about that. Um, and I was just, yeah, very, um, very nervous about it. And I remember like thinking early on, it was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to walk out of the house in a dress for the first time. I don't know how I could possibly cope with that. And the thing is I stayed, you know, in the closet for, uh, through transition. Like as I was taking hormones and stuff, I was still presenting as a guy for quite a while. Um, cause I kind of wanted, you know, friends and family to be all used to all the changes before I made kind of a public announcement. Um, so by the time I actually did it, it was a relief because you know, it was months and months after starting hormones and it's just like, I just want people to see me as a woman and I'm still being seen as a man and it's very frustrating. But as soon as I put on a dress, then everyone's like, oh, well, then that's a woman, you know? And it was, a, it was a relief, which was really, it was really weird. Like, it's so much anxiety about what, what that first day in a dress would be like and then it was just relieving. Um, do you remember that day? Yeah, yeah. You I just do. went out. Did you do have like a specific thing you did when you went out that day? Gosh. You start small. Maybe I don't remember. I remember the dress. It was a blue denim dress. Oh, nice. Um, maybe I went and got my eyebrows waxed. I don't know. Yeah, they're out of control at the moment. Um, Your eyebrows? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I uh, There was a hairdresser like two, three years ago. Mm. She said to me, uh, I think she, she mumbled it. This is what I interpreted from what yeah. she mumbled. She said, oh, bushy eyebrows are in. And I was like, I'm never touching them again. Yeah. That's all I need to know. I just want someone oh, to tell me. Tiny bit of affirmation. And, yeah, yeah. Never touching them again. Okay. So mine are all over my face. Well, I, I mean, they're, up, they're behind your fringe. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> but they're quite... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Prominent, I oh, think yeah. you'd call them. Well, I get complimented on my eyebrows. I said that was the thing is, as a guy, like as a guy, or living as a guy, no one ever complimented my appearance and or at all. And I, I, so I was very, um, I just thought I was, you know, an ugly man, and no one wanted to tell me, tell me and stuff like that. And now I get all these compliments. Oh my god, your eyebrows are amazing. How are your eyebrows so full? It's like, oh, I didn't pluck the shit out of them in the nineties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was the What's the biggest difference between living as a man and now being a woman? Oh, fear. <laughs> fear? Yeah, just being generally afraid of men, I think. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Like, wow. um, you know, going from the point when I was the strongest, um, living as a guy, you know, I was, I was a rugby player. I was very strong. I, you know, I... Walk, walked confidently through parks and things like that and you know in, in the back of my head thought you know no one's ever gonna start anything I didn't even think that wasn't even conscious of it but I knew like if even the event that ever happened I could probably kick the shit out of them right just this, mm -hmm. this masculine testosterone fueled confidence that I could totally dominate anyone physically who tried to harm me um to go into this point where I'm, I feel my body is weaker and I feel I've drawn a big target on my head as, as, as a woman and as a transgender woman, openly transgender woman. Um, so, yeah, that sudden feel, feeling of imminent threat is, mm. is new and significant. And whilst I was absolutely aware of, you know, men's violence against women and, and, and things like that, it's, it's new to experience and the, the constancy that I feel it, you know, the, the, that people are, you know, there wanting to do harm um 
and you know wanting to do harm because I'm a woman, but also because I'm transgender. That's that's there. That's that's probably the biggest significance. That and boobs. Boobs are great. How fun are boobs? Fear and boobs. Yeah, <laughs> in, fear and boobs in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Did you did you expect that? Um, I mean, I expected to come to grips with privilege in lots of different ways. Um, but experience is, is much different to, to knowledge. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said, you said, uh, I think I really liked, which I think everyone can relate to mm. the feeling of thinking that what you're going through is normal. Yeah. Like when you're a child, you just assume this is what everyone does. Totally. And I don't know. Do you think that's, do you think it's, it's cause I, then when you find out that you're, you know, you you can guess you can in the beginning you can feel like you're the only one. Yeah. And then so there's that moment you think everyone does it, then you think you're the only one. Mm. But then you find that group of people who are also like that. Yeah. And it's not everyone, but there are some. Yeah. Do you remember the moment you found out? Um I know I mean with the trans transgender stuff, I remember you know, people always talk about transgender community. The transgender oh what what is the opinion of the transgender community? Um all those sorts of things. And you know, I, for 32 years, was in a community of one, right? I didn't know any other trans people. I didn't know how to communicate what I had. I didn't know that anybody else felt the way that I did. Um, I didn't even know what that what I was feeling was gender dysphoria. I was just, you know, um, went through different stages of trying to think of, you know, well, am I a cross-dresser or is this a fetish or is this a whatever? And, um, so when I actually went to get help at 32, like went to see a counsellor and then suddenly... Um, you know, I walked into the room and, uh, and the counsellor was like, so what's your problem? And I said, I think I'm transgender. And the counsellor said, yes, you are. Now, what's your problem? <laughs> um, That's amazing. Yeah, it was really great. And then, you know, once, once I started working with him and kind of unpacking stuff, I was like, oh, my God, I could have had help with everything this whole time if I would kind of not felt that I needed to resist counselling. Um, or therapy or whatever, you know, this, there was, a sh- you know, some sort of shame in seeking help, you know, which is going back to what before. And so a few months into, um, you know, therapy there and uh, just before I was kind of starting physical transition, um, hormones and stuff, um, he said to me, look, there's a young women's group that they run uh, at a place called the Gender Center in Sydney. Um, you should go to the young, young women's group and, um, because I, I had expressed at the time that I was frustrated with the fact that I needed to educate everybody around me. So not only did I need to come out, but I needed to also do all the educating around what was a very emotional experience and a very, um, you know, trying at times. Um, particularly when, when family members didn't really know anything about transgender people and kind of thought I was a drag queen or, or whatever. Um, so he was like, you should go to this young young women's group. Um And I was like, oh, no, 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 because at the time I was, like, still in the closet, aware of my public profile. Um, You know, I didn't want to risk being outed. And he was like, it's worth the risk and you should do it. And as soon as I did, as soon as I went to that group and other people, you know, I opened my mouth and everyone just nodded. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, we've all felt the same thing. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, um, you know, I still go to that group occasionally and... um, yeah, and it's weird kind of seeing people who are at that stage that I was at, you know, and then suddenly, um, you know, they're getting the nods and then feeling it, all sorts of things. Also, they all like, they're all like big fans now as well. So that's, <laughs> that's you know, that's really odd, an odd thing because I, I now go to those groups, you know, for, for myself, but for other people and stuff as well. But And then they're like, oh, I'm here because of you. I saw your video and I'm inspired. And oh, it's like, oh, that's amazing. it's really lovely. Um Cause think, I'm, yeah. oh, sorry, no, go on. Well, it's just I made, you know, I made my, I came out in the way that I needed to come out, which was to make a video on our YouTube channel called What's Happened to Jordan's Beard. And, um, you know, started the video off about some, you know, quirky little thing about, you know, why I shaved a beard off. And then halfway through, it was like, bam, I'm a woman. Um, it was kind of funny and, but, but sincere and stuff like that. So that hit a lot of people um, quite well. And I think the big part... Um, the thing with my transition is, um, if I, if I wanted to promote any part of it, uh, it's, it's this idea of continuity in my life because that was a big hang up for me. Um, 
was that if I tr transitioned, I would need to give up aspects of my life. And, and you know, for, for a long time, it, I thought it would be the end of my career as a comedian. And um, even even when I got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm, I have to do this. And, and at the time I was like, and that means my career's done. Like, And then it, it was only at that point that I decided, okay, I can make that sacrifice now. Um, but then working out, oh, I don't have to, you know? And so um, part of that is, you know, I still sing with the same vocal range that my body has, which is quite deep if it needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, although it's, it's kind of it's kind of weird putting my voice back down there. Um, and, you know, keeping my name, even. In fact, I didn't change my, my first name. Um, but, I mean, I was blessed with a gender-neutral name. So... <laughs> um, but yeah, all of those things, and then so these people are coming out and they're like, "Oh, I thought I had to give up everything, or I thought I needed to start a new life, or I thought it, I thought I would have to change aspects of my personality." But you just kind of just did what you do. You still play Warhammer, and you're still a massive dork and a gamer, and you just it just changed the thing you're unhappy about. I'm like, that's that's the point of it, right? It's just to become a genuine version of yourself, um, and that's yeah. And there was only kind of last week, but yeah, I'm living genuinely for the first time, I think. Do you think that if you had had a you, like if you had seen, if you had had yeah. a, a role model who had done what you had done when you were a teenager, would that have made oh, everything that, happen a bit sooner maybe? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. And I think, you know, young trans people are definitely finding themselves sooner nowadays, it seems to think, um, seems to be. Um, you know, when I first started um, hormones, the the receptionist at the endocrinologist sort of you know said what do you do for a living and i sort of told her i had a youtube channel and do comedy and she's like oh it's really good because there are more and more young people coming through and they don't really have anyone to look up to and i'm like well that's a lot of pressure for someone who's just <laughs> starting out um but yeah i think so i mean i think back on what the media was like when i was young um and it there was so little and and you you grabbed onto everything every tiny mention of anything as, as in how no matter how negative it was it, you, it caught your attention caught, caught my attention anyway but it was all things like jerry springer you know mm. um and you know those scenarios were, were you know someone would come in and reveal to a lover that they were um transgender and then that would end in violence often you know someone's week would get pulled off and then steve would have to come in and everyone would be chanting and you know these women these women would be shamed um and i remember i remember being very young and seeing a news report on a person who was intersex and so they were raised female as a child but um had ambiguous genitalia so were presumed female but then when they hit puberty it was obvious that they were male And kind of everything kind of fixed itself up. So f through childhood, I really held on to that and thought that that was me. So I had this kind of peace. Well, I don't know if it was a peace, but um, that when I hit puberty, it would be okay because everyone would say that I was a girl. Right. And then that didn't happen, uh, which was very distressing. Wow. Yeah. What well, do you... There's a lot of boxes, isn't there? There's mm. a lot of like labels or trying to, you know, like you, you know, your your doctor asking what's your problem. And yeah. It, is it? Do you? Because I, I was trying to find interviews with you, so I didn't, mm. you know, I didn't want to ask you the same questions as mm. everyone else. But I mean, up until page like 30 on Google, yeah, it was just about your transitioning. Yeah. And I was wondering if you were. I mean, it's still very new. Yeah. I, I presume, but I mean. Do you, do you can you separate what's you as as you know you mentioned personality traits before yeah and then what's due to uh, your your um, transitioning and do you ever get do you yet get tired of being like the transgendered comedian <laughs> um, not yet it's still like it was a secret for so long yeah and I yeah I yeah I, it's still freeing to be able to talk about it and it's not it's nice. It's nice to help people understand. And it's it's nice when people are, like, really surprised by things. Um, you know, even you know, last night I was talking about how I sweat less, you know, and my body odor is different. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, they're like, what? What? Like, yeah, there was like, because I remember there was a day where I, like, smelt a shirt to see if it was clean. I'm like, has a girl been wearing my shirt? I'm like, oh, the girl is me! <laughs> 
Um, That's wonderful. Yeah. And everyone's like, you should do a show about this. And, and like, I'm like, oh, for me, it was like, because I've lived it for so long, it's not all that remarkable. But it, it is for a lot of people. And I kind of feel a responsibility at the very least to be open and candid about it. And because I, I, I know that I can speak well and I'm articulate. And um, yeah. And th- there's a lot of work to be done in that regard, I guess. Um, I don't know if that answered the question. I don't remember what the question was. No, I mean, I, I just, I just didn't want to put you in a in a box. Yeah, uh, but I totally get, and I do think it's so important to talk about. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, what I talk about my comedy, which I've been doing for ten, talking about for ten years. Sorry, that's a good point. <laughs> I was thinking more about because the, and it's such a tiny bit of it. But yeah, uh, it's not at all like what you've gone through. Mm. But when you, when we were talking on stage after the show, yeah, at uh, the Guilds of Feminist recording. And you just said, like, casually, you just said, oh, I'm a bit of an introvert. Yeah. And that that's my nod. That's yeah. my, like, oh, someone. Because yeah, I didn't know about introversion right. until last year. Totally. And that was my, like, oh. And I love that when people, yeah. when you realize someone else is in the same boat. And you totally. Go, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. With introversion, yeah. it's a bit different because you go, oh, yeah, well, I would totally talk to you about that if I wasn't really introverted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And it's nice. I, I like when also when you meet someone who's not, you know, introverted or, or has, you know, anxiety or depression or whatever, but they understand. Yeah. You know, th- those times are amazing when it's like, um, you know, or, or anything, anything. You know, I know, I know, you know, friends who are autistic who often need space, you know, mm. often need to just take themselves out of a situation and sit in the quiet. You know, that's that's kind of what they need to, to get through things. And, you know, they've sort of said, you know, when people understand that, and aren't critical at like when people don't um judge social anxiety or or any kind of anything as rudeness as you know you're not trying hard enough laziness yeah Yeah. um and it's hard even just with that relationship with yourself not to judge yourself in that way as well well if that's the label you've been you've been given for your whole life if you've just been called lazy or yeah. weird or yeah. you know uh, shy or rude mm. it's hard to not think that that's what you are yeah yeah which is why it's amazing when there's suddenly other labels mm. that you can go and that's i think that's what you know there's a lot of people who criticize you know labels yeah i had a friend come and see my show when it was still in preview mm. and she said uh, oh you shouldn't talk about your uh, diagnosis because it's this new thing now in in um, psychology that mm. Uh, people are against using diagnosis because people will, you know, label themselves with right. you know, depression or anxiety, sure. and, and that'll damage them in some way. And I was really like, oh, okay, well, I'll just have to remove that from my show. But then I thought about it, and I was like, when I got the diagnosis, depression, mm. when I got the di- when I read about anxiety, and I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah, that felt really good. Yeah, it is. It is. It's weird. It's weird. This kind of. It seems that there's resistance. To, to labeling it comes more, more from people of privilege I feel like mm. um, you know I, 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 I encounter often people being very resistant to the word cisgender um, <laughs> you know and and um, they're like what would you prefer muggle um, <laughs> but it's like it's like you know why do we even need this word why do we need, you know why do, why do we have to label can't we just be people I'm like oh, Jesus oh, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like yeah we, we, we are people yeah, but yeah. There are words to describe, you know, are you you heterosexual, homosexual, are you tall or short, are you um, happy, sad, fat, whatever, like, (laughs) they're words, like, labels are words that help us have conversations, and particularly with trans stuff, there aren't enough words, you know, Um, and there aren't discrete words as well, like, the fact that um, broadly we use the word gender to um, describe a bunch of very different discrete and often opposing ideas, you know, like the physical sex, gender identity, gender expression, gender performance. Um, we just kind of go gender for all of it. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and so it's clunky. It's clunky when you, you say male or female, man or woman, masculine, feminine, and you're trying to describe distinct things, but people without the expression, without the experience, can't see this distinction yeah so i love labels i love labels i hate pejoratives right like it's like a label's fine because it helps you describe something attaching a value to that label that's the problem that's the problematic stuff it's you know a a, a, someone who identifies as a woman could be masculine in certain aspects of her life she might like you know traditionally male sports or she might be tall 
or you know whatever and it's not it's not bad it shouldn't be bad to say those are masculine traits or whatever you want to mm. however you want to label it um or for that person to identify those traits within themselves as masculine or feminine um but it's when you go oh, well you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do those sports because that's a man's sport or you shouldn't yeah yeah i saw a video online of, like trans men talking about privilege and one of them was like um how he was told to stop dancing to beyonce it's like you can't you're a man now you can't dance to beyonce like that he's like fuck i can do what i want yeah and i'm doing you know the whole reason i gone through transition is so that i can be who i am and do what i want and we're just yeah we're so hung up on attaching value to things and trying to squeeze people into appropriate behavior that makes other people comfortable i don't know i think that's fair as well isn't it that you know for people who don't have anything to battle really in terms of privilege Mm. they feel something is being taken away from them you know people going oh god now i have to learn a whole new word i mean i was just getting used to man woman now i have to (laughs) oh my god there's so many oh yeah can we just be the same and there's and there's this fear that comes with privilege of making mistakes like from well well well-intentioned people and and i guess i mean that's that's not made easier uh in a lot of ways because it's i i'm of the opinion that people should make as many mistakes as they need to but just to learn from them and i you know i've had interactions with people recently on facebook when i posted something about my you know hitting hitting a milestone in transition and someone was like i'm really proud of you i don't really know how to phrase this and quite often i'm really reluctant to write anything on your posts and blah 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 blah. and i'm like because i'm afraid i'm going to say the wrong thing and i'm like i would much rather you say the wrong thing than nothing yeah you know if you say the wrong thing we would be we can become better friends yeah you know and um you know I i had lunch with someone the other day um who is a christian minister and he is writing something about um trans people uh for his for his church and you know, asked me a bunch of questions and he, you know, I'm not sure what conclusions he was drawing from them, but he sort of said, oh, I think you might be really offended by what I'm going to write and you're going to tell me to fuck off and never want to talk to me again. And I'm like, look, I might be. I might be hurt by what you write, depending on what you write. Um, but I'm not going to tell you to fuck off. And I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And yeah. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. And you're going to listen to that. And you will probably change your mind. Uh, fingers crossed. Because you're quite eloquent. Yeah. You? <laughs> I'm very convincing. Very convincing. Yeah. quick note isn't she amazing isn't jordan absolutely hysterical she's so great uh i just quickly needed to make a little stop here because there was some technical issues and i had to to cut out uh, a few seconds so it would feel weird if there wasn't anything to fill that gap so i'm gonna i'm just gonna quickly make another another little request that you review this episode on itunes it really it would help a lot. And share it. Share it with your friends. Tell friends that you like it. Okay, I'll let you cut back to, to Jordan now. Because when I do make... The, when I do step out of my box and try and make friends, I, I I seem to be successful. Yeah? But it's like, even at this festival, it took me... Because I have a lot of female friends. Um, and most of my friends in kind of the festival environment... Are, are guys that I hung out with when I was a guy. And so kind of getting here, the first two weeks I was hanging out with my friends, I'm like, I really need some other women to talk to, and I don't really have any female friends, and I don't really have any queer friends here. And it wasn't until, like, the third week when I like, made some queer friends, and I'm like, oh, I missed out. And I could have, again, the same thing, you know, before, I was like, if I could, if I could just, you know, be uncomfortable um, doing it, but I could, it'd be better to have some friends. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you... Because you said you, when you started talking to Bethany Black, that yeah. was over Twitter. Yeah. Do you find you can do that on Facebook and Twitter? Isn't that... Mm. You know when you see those people, and it annoys me so much, when they're, you know, they show like a photo of a lot of people sitting by their phones. Yeah. And then they go, oh, why don't we just look up and talk to each other? Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. This is the best. They yeah. are communicating. Totally. But in a way, they feel comfortable yeah. doing it. Well, you look back you look back at photos of people on trains in the 60s, and they're all reading the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. It's... it's better now you know there is actual communication before it was just people kind of involved with their own thing i suppose people reading editorials or something you know that's some kind of form of communication but um it's no different in terms of being preoccupied on public transport um yeah so what so 
so what do you look for? Oh, that sounds like a that sounds like I'm asking you as like a 14 year old what do you look for in a friend what do you what do you need from the friendships that you're trying to find now oh um I mean I oh hang on I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to explain this without sounding offensive um <laughs> I yeah I bec- I feel very like my body feels very different I deal with emotions very differently now um when I was physically male um i would often i would feel emotions and just kind of register that they were there i was just like oh that is a sad scene in the movie hmm all right lock that away um or even you know and not just kind of emotional sensitivity like physical senses as well like i would i would smell a bunch of flowers and be like hmm that is a pleasant smell no put that up you know register that um whereas now there's affect like huge amounts of affect um that i can't switch off and so if there's a sad movie i'll cry and the like first time i kind of was affected by the smell of flowers was incredible like i remember being at the fruit shop going oh my god what is this amazing smell it's moving me in ways i've never been moved before and i was like standing in front of a flower display i'm like flowers are beautiful (laughs) Um, that's why girls like flowers. And look, when I express this story to, um, cisgender people or, or, or men or, or people like, I, I like flowers. I really like flowers too. I don't know what you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I, I'm only speaking about the experience of my own body, you know, and this is my body under the different conditions, different hormone conditions and how I've reacted. So I'm not saying that men don't think flowers are beautiful or that women think flowers are more beautiful than men or anything like that. This is my body. This is my experience. Um, uh, yeah. So to, to get back to the question, um, having people who understand that, which other, other women I've found, I've been able to communicate my feelings, you know, when I've been having a rough time over here, kind of talking about that with the guy friends, doesn't quite click with them about kind of, or, or, or they don't really know what I need. Um, it's often a hug, <laughs> Not a pat on the or, back, or, or, a pat, or a tissue. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's incredible. Or, or to be told to like pick myself up. Okay. Yeah, bootstraps. Do um, you feel that as a difference between? Because in terms of feelings and stuff, mm. the way we treat men is very, you know, they're not really allowed to feel anything. Yeah. Did you feel that different? Uh, become different when you transitioned uh yeah i mean it depends depends on the the relationship as well like i find there's still a lot of hangover from having relationships like with older friends there's still an awkwardness around how to treat me in certain ways yeah um just you know people trans they're transitioning as well right They're, they're learning to relate to me as female yeah it's hard for them to abandon the ways they interacted with me in the past. So I'm very much enjoying new friendships now. Yeah. So I, you know, introduced myself to the roller derby community in Sydney. Um, and that's been really great just to kind of go to a women's space, be accepted as a woman, to have everyone there, not have boy baggage. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so, and, and, and my other friendships and my family relationships, they're all, they're all evolving at their own pace. And I kind of found the people that I was closest to are the people who take the longest time and need the most care and most patience. You know, if I meet a stranger, there is no question in their mind that I'm female. My dad can't, still can't gender me correctly. You know, he's trying, but he, he just, you know, he's got those pathways yeah. that have been in his head for 32 years and to kind of, they're well, well trodden paths like they're they're roads that have been built and they've been paved they're freeways to say hey and it's like oh well you actually need to take this detour now you know your brain can't take this path that's well well worn and familiar you need to now drive through the mountains um and eventually as you drive through the mountains more you know that you'll start paving it and (laughs) maybe put down some bitumen and you know that freeway will eventually overgrow but it's um yeah, it's work. It's exercise. Like it's exercise. Yeah, and it, I have to do it myself with 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 myself with my own relationship with myself. Like I'm at the point now where it's she is she she her hers is fine. That like that's but other other pronouns like sister and oh. daughter and well, of course because you don't hear them as much. Yeah, I, I don't exercise them. Right, wow. I don't say them that frequently. So it's quite weird to describe myself as my brother's sister. Um, is it weird? Is it like a good weird? 
Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird when, you know, my brother introduces me as, as his sister. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I am. Um, and But it's also weird. It's kind of uh, just a little bit of patriarchy influence in there. I'm just like, oh. Is that, is that I mean, like, I feel like a, it's a loss of status. Like, wow. I, like, no, I, I yeah, academically, no, no, I know, I know I shouldn't and it, it's fucking ridiculous, but I just, it's just a feeling. It's just there. Um, to go from son to daughter or yeah. sister. Yeah. Wow. That says a lot about how we are being taught to, yeah. to think of things. Totally. Um, I mean, it, it is a loss of status as well. Like, mm. Maybe not necessarily with my own family dynamic or whatever, but socially, yeah, totes. Hey, you're yeah. going to start earning less money. <laughs> <laughs> even now, even now, like, I did an improv gig. I've done enough improv gigs as a woman now. I'm just like, these gags, you, would, you, you, would, you should be laughing. Like, that guy just made a much shittier joke and you're busting a gut, but you're not getting on board with this joke. Like, what's your deal? Oh my god, do a show about this. Yeah. Write an article, write, write yeah. a book, do everything, make people just, aware of this. Man, but it's hard because I don't really, like, it's, it's anecdotal, right? It's like, yeah. and I, I don't know if I'm just projecting that either. Um, I know what you mean, but at some point, because it's really hard saying that, yeah. you know, if you don't have anything to compare it to. to uh, I mean, a lot of trans men, I, I'm, yeah, the, the, the best, way, the reading trans men's accounts of gaining privilege it's great. Like, just having people going, yeah, I was just always this weird girl that nobody liked and nobody listened to, and I was trying to make jokes and no one ever laughed. And now, now I'm like this funny guy. Like, oh. I'm, the, I'm the short little funny guy. And everyone's, everyone like laughs at everything. And oh, God. Yeah. And it's like, wow. you know, it's the same person. It's the same jokes, but suddenly... Um, so it's not, you know, oh yeah. Because people say, oh, now that you're a woman, you're not going to be this funny because women are as funny as men. Oh my God. And I'm like, mm, I might encounter f- fewer laughs, perhaps. That doesn't mean I'm less funny. It means you're all fucked. <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah. And you're the closest thing we have to, like, evidence of that, yeah. you know, that happening. Because that so. won't... You so, I asked my psychologist when mm. I started therapy, I said... Uh, if you fix all of my issues, will I still be funny? Mm. She was basically saying that'll never go away. You yeah. can never not. You can't. You can never become less funny. That's mm. not how it works. That's not how the brain works. So we have. If we if we take her mm. statement and your life, yeah. we've proved. We've totally. proved. I think I'm funnier as well. Like yeah? I think. Yeah, I think because I was always so embarrassed about my identity, I never put myself into my work. Like I was right. always doing characters or even even when like I, I used to be on a sketch comedy show back home um and a script would come through and it would say jordan and then jordan's line and i'm like no no, no can you give the character a name oh like i never wanted to perform as myself wow because i was so guarded and so nervous and again it was all very subconscious i think but you know in my head i rationalized it you know i want to be embodying the character and it's freer to be a character because i can i will do things that i wouldn't do in my normal life and i think that was just the rationale i used but um but now it's like oh cool i'm i can be open about my experience probably a little too open sometimes um nah, i don't well, think so yeah you, do you feel that um uh, a little bit and i did another podcast last week and um i was like oh i was really open about a lot of sex stuff on that i'm not really I'm quite prudish um <laughs> Yeah, so... Because you've kind of... Do you feel like you've been, like, not reborn? I think that's a weird way of saying mm. it, but, like, you, you get this whole new, you know... Yeah, I feel like I've been let out of prison, right? Yeah? Yeah, and I just want to shout from the heavens what I... F- you know, all, all my feelings about it um, and my experiences. I was like, oh, you know... Hey, guess what? Guess what? I don't get erections anymore. How great is that? Like... <laughs> So there we go. There we go. There's an overshare. Oh, Um, I don't think so. I think that's fucking marvelous. (laughs) Do you get these like where you're trying to like reinvent yourself or like trying to figure out like, oh, what's my favorite color now? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's, um, it's. I did like, yeah, I did. You know the old Myers Briggs personality test. Yeah. You know the, um, 
introvert extrovert feeling perceiving you know yeah, yeah. and just found yeah it's like one like the the emotional one had flipped when i did that test and um yeah i mean yeah exploring colors like feeling having access to the color pink now oh. as well you know um do you get like overly excited about pink uh, there was in a the state beginning. there was a phase yeah, yeah. and I, it's yeah. apparently really common um yeah i well i well, not not all in the same way but yeah. i had a uh, talk to my psychologist we were going mm. through like my life and when we reached the age of six or seven that was when I had started to kind of repress a lot of the girly feelings sure. and you know I just wanted to be a bit more neutral and then when we kind of dug into that all of a sudden I got like really obsessed with pink and I bought a, a pink bicycle yeah. a pink dildo <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the last thing like pink bedding or something, something like yeah. some really permanent things yeah then yeah. after a week when i was no longer into pink i was like oh fuck i yeah. had to ride around on a pink bicycle now. totally i mean and at the, uh, my when my, my therapist was like um oh we we were talking about pink we we're talking about the politics of pink and um you know and at the time i was like you know i'm, I'm quite opposed to pink you know about femininity and about what it means to you know impose it on children and blah blah, blah. you know i've got this and he's like how can you have a political opposition to a color <laughs> and and he's like you you know what pretty soon you're going to go through a pink phase and i'm like shut up i will never like as a feminist i'm quite anti-pink <laughs> in terms of what it means but sure enough a couple of months later oh boy i had all these pink clothes i bought a pink purse i got my nails painted pink uh, it was pink 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 and now i've kind of t- you know i'm like yeah pink's all right sometimes yeah. this this purse is garish um <laughs> But it's like it's a permanent thing. I'm like I can't I can't justify buying a new purse while this one's kind of functional doing its job. <laughs> so it's bright pink, fluorescent pink um, purse. So, Actually, uh, yeah. So I, I ask this question uh, usually uh, mm. towards the end. Um, say you say you you would you had yourself as a baby. You, you were just mm-hmm. being born, came out of the nice Cut comfortable. It off. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go no, that's, that's an answer as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, uh, you know, you know how the womb is this like nice, comfortable, warm, dark mm, corner wall. One, one presumes. Yeah. I assume, yeah, yeah. I would like to imagine that. And then the baby comes out. It's just screaming. There's light everywhere. There's mm. people. It's loud. It's awful. And we know that life can f- feel that way a mm. few times. And you, when you see you as a baby, you know, you know everything this baby is going to go through up until mm. this point in your life. And if you and the baby is scared, it's going. Oh God, is this what life's going to be? Is it going to be this weird, scary, horrible place? Mm. And you get to tell that baby something. You get to tell that baby, you know, you will develop these tools to manage yeah. through life. What would you? What would you tell? Oh, the baby? I would just tell the baby that you are a girl. Like, that's it. That's all. That's it. And that's the big. The big thing. Um, you know, often when in interviews or when people kind of. Um, talk to me or talk about trans people they're like jordan was a man who turned into a woman uh. you know you were a man you, you man you're a man who became a woman and th- that's not true and it was like think of it that i was a girl i was a baby girl who was born with a hormone problem or you know was born with a penis um and then imagine what that life is like imagine being a girl or being a boy and being told you were the opposite your whole life and knowing your identity at some level, but all evidence points to the contrary, all culture, your own body, everything that everybody says reinforces that and you start to believe it and you start to tell it to yourself. And imagine how traumatic that would be, you know? And that's that, that, tra- that traumatic feeling, that is dysphoria, which is the opposite of euphoria. Like it's, it's despair. Um, about yourself all the time, um, and that's that's what's treated. You know, when you when you get diagnosed, um, the diagnosis since two thousand and twelve has been gender dysphoria. It used to be gender identity disorder, and then they kind of, um, you know, the trans community kind of campaigned against that because it's like my identity is not disordered, my body is a problem, and because of the, the disconnect between my identity and my body. I experienced despair and that's what they're treating and you know they tried treating 
um, dysphoria, that dysphoria in all manner of ways historically, you know, through antipsychotics, through electroshock therapy, through therapy, through, you know, every, everything. And the treatment that works is transition. And it's, it's funny how often I receive messages from, you know, assholes on the internet saying, you're not a woman, Jordan, you're just insane. <sighs> so I got that one this morning. Or um, you shouldn't be doing this to yourself, you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Um, you know, you're, me you're mentally ill, you're mentally ill, you're mentally ill. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with being mentally ill for a start. Um, you know, and because these people equate mental illness with um, craziness, with insanity and with ineptitude and an in, 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 uh, inability to manage life. And that's often not what mental illness is. In its most extreme cases, it's what it is. Um, but, you know, I've been to a psychologist. I've been to two psychologists and a psychiatrist and an endocrinologist. And um, they all agreed that I got the trans there's a piece of paper that's signed off on it that says Jordan is the trans and I recommend that Jordan starts hormone replacement therapy like and and socially transitions like that's that's the treatment that was what the doctor said so it's really weird you know so often people are like you need to see a doctor and even when I first came out to my dad he was like you need to see a doctor I'm like I've seen three and he's like you need to see a doctor who's not going to um agree with you enable you yeah agree with yeah. you and I was like, what, 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 hang on, would you rather I was crazy? Like, would you rather I was crazy than be transgender? Because it kind of feels like that. At the time, it felt like that. Um, and obviously, obviously, he cared for me. And just, you know, he didn't just thought I was being crazy because it's, it's a crazy thing to someone who's not going through it, right? Like, it's, it's odd. And it's okay that it's odd. Um, I don't mind that it's odd. But, you know, when you... When you're encountered with something odd, when you encounter something strange, you've got you've got two options, you know. And even cave people had these options when they found something new, they could study it, or they could set it on fire, <laughs> you know. They could hit it with a stick. Um, and those those you know, those are our two options when we discover something new and strange. It's totally okay that it's strange. It's totally cool. Like I un I understand that for someone who clocks me as trans, that it might be weird sharing a bathroom with me, like. I get that. It might feel awkward. It might feel odd. If you try and understand something, it becomes less awkward and less odd. And, um, you know, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going away, you know? And so you, if you're hitting us with sticks at the moment, you know, we're not going away. So maybe just, just, just take the time. So what you might actually do in that delivery room, mm. would you just turn to your parents and the doctors and go, that's a girl. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. even talk to yourself. You're like, you got this. Yeah. If it's I, the rest of you who needs to know this. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I like, cause I often, as, as a child, I would sneak in, wear my mum's clothes and was very careful about it and never was discovered. And it's, there's a part of me now that wishes I was discovered because I might've been careful, but uh, the opposite could happen as well. You know, I might have might have had it beaten out of me. Uh, <laughs> metaphorically, metaphorically, my parents never physically abused me. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I wish I wish I had help. I wish. I mean, I wish I was around. You know, in terms of a role model. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Now you are. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm I'm happy. I'm good. I'm in the good. I'm a good part of my life. You know, I transitioned at the time I needed to. And, I try not to look back and go, what ifs, what if, what if. Yeah. Because um, there's so many things in my life that I love that may not have been possible if I transitioned earlier. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's things in my life that are traumatic because I transitioned at the way, at the point I did. Um, you know, you, you build a life, you know, at, at 32, there's a lot of things in your life that can get upset by, ha you know, um, transitioning. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. You know, I just feel I feel a responsibility to make it better for other people going through a similar thing. I think you're doing that. Oh, I know you. you're doing that. Of course you are. Yeah, I know I'm doing it too. I get lots of emails. <laughs> I get lots of emails like, you know, my sister came out and showed me your video. You know, and she would never would have done it without you. Uh, or you know, you've saved my life. You know, I've, I've had I've had you saved my life, or you saved my kid's life. Lots of parents. Lots of parents 
Wow. That's yeah. And it's so it's so lovely getting messages from parents who are like, My kids just come out and I love them and thank you for helping them. Um Yeah, it's just lovely to see parents loving their kids, you know? Yeah. And that's accepting amazing. them and fighting for them. And oh yeah, the parents that I meet that are part of like the advocacy movement who are fighting for their kids to get access to medical treatment and um they're doing good things you know they're um yeah they're, they're fighting for for the you know parents fight for their kids right and it's just so wonderful to not see them fighting against their kids yeah yeah and seeing parents marching down the pink and blue flags you know like yeah it's really nice That's amazing. Thank you so much. On behalf of the whole world, thank you for existing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Ambassador to the world. <laughs> What a title. Do you have any like anywhere where people can find your YouTube channel, your Twitter? Yeah, so uh, if jordanrasco.com or I'm um, Jordan Rasco on Twitter, Jordan Rasco on Jordan Rasco on everything. So Jordan R A S K O. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Wasn't she incredible? I know I've said that a lot, but I do mean it with all my heart. So thank you so much for listening. Remember, rate it, review it on iTunes. It always helps. Uh, there is a Patreon if you want to support this show financially. There's absolutely no rush. You know, there's no pressure. Patreon.com forward slash Mopod, M-O-H-P-O-D. And you can go there and uh, pledge that you will donate a certain amount of money per episode dollars and then it'll just it'll do it all automatically you know it's still a very new podcast it will be a weekly podcast i have loads of nice interviews lined up so the next episode will be in a week i hope you like this one please share it with your friends if you did and all i have left to say is thank you so much and hopefully i will see you out there goodbye mm-hmm.